everybody to Clone Wars Commentary. My name is Cheyenne. And this is Summer. And we are so happy to be back with you guys. Um, but this week we are just continuing on with Season 2, so nothing super special. But we do get to talk about General Grievous, so I'm very excited about that. How do you feel about that, Summer? He, like, he's a lot more fascinating than I ever gave him credit for. <laughs> I, like, really had to, like, go back and do a lot more research on him because I was like, you know, you're not just this creepy claw guy that can crawl up walls. Yeah. What did you find in your research? Um, that his lightsabers were obviously trophies, which I didn't really know that they were trophies. I mean, I, like, kind of assumed that that's what they were, but that they were trophies and mm -hmm. that he is actually, I thought he was all... Uh, mechanical, but he is not. He is some organic. Yeah. Oh, God. And that, yeah, it was pretty, just pretty interesting that, yeah, because he's a uh, completely cybernetic except for his brain and so then mm -hmm. a few vital organs. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's gross. gross. <laughs> it's really gross. And then he does honest. not like to be called Dooku's little errand boy. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. I was like, oh, yikes. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we start, we're starting with um, episode nine. So as per usual, we are going to talk about that quote really quick, which is, for everything you gain, you lose something else. I like that because it's not always negative. It's not always, oh, you're gaining something negative to lose something positive or vice versa. Because, I mean, you could gain some new friends, um, and lose old ones that weren't helping. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. it's not always bad, but I see what, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I So one of the things that I actually really want to start doing on the show is asking you how we've seen this in Star Wars. I know. Think about it. You don't have to answer immediately. Because... When I, when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, like... That's an overall arc. Yeah, it's a whole thing. For everything you gain, you lose something else. Biggest thing, Anakin Skywalker gains the dark side, loses Padme. Is that really gaining something? I don't know. Ooh. Nah. <laughs> to him it was. That's fair. Ooh, good point. Got me there. <sighs> okay. Um, while, do you want to answer that, or do you want to think about it? Um, I mean, well, obviously, the first one that pops into my head would be the most recent, mm -hmm. would be that Ray lost uh, Ben to gain her life. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I cried on the last episode Danny, Kristen, and I recorded, so now we're going to cry together. Listen, if you guys didn't already know this, I'm pretty sure you guys did, because you've listened to me for a while, and Summer is just like me in this aspect, uh, we cry a lot about everything <laughs> i just remember us sitting in our training class one time and then our presenter was telling a story and summer and i are sobbing and everybody else is like it was one of those stupid commercials yeah with the little girl and the dad and they were like oh we're gonna take you here and i was like she got so excited and yeah but it's also amazing, so you're all welcome <laughs> for our open emotions. How about that? <laughs> um, good, bad, and everything in between. Yeah, and ugly crying. Good, bad, and the ugly cry. Um, 
for the first, <laughs> the first kind of uh, person, I guess, uh, the first person we see, is it? I don't know. Um, in this episode, it's Eve Koth. Um, if you guys don't know who Eve Koth is, he's a male Zabrak Jedi Master, a member of the Jedi Council. Um, during those final years, uh, so I believe he loses his life in Order 66, spoiler alert, um, as most of them do. Oh, or unless he was, did he go to Palpatine's office? I don't know. I don't either. Um, so... Just a little bit about him. Iridonian Zabrak, such as Ethkoth, were renowned for their mental discipline, which allowed them to tolerate great physical suffering. Ooh, big spoiler for this episode. <laughs> um, this ability was born of surviving their harsh environment. He was born in the violent slums of Narshada and deemed too old to begin Jedi training at age four. Wow, the Jedi out here stealing babies. Anyways. <laughs> um... So, the reason I say spoiler, which some of you already know, and for those of you that have seen Clone Wars, already know, um, but Ethkoff goes through the ringer in this episode. He's all strapped up, getting electrocuted. He is getting beat up by Magna Guards. Um, I'm sure there was some mental torture going on, maybe, maybe not, because Grievous doesn't necessarily have, he doesn't have the force. But, and, but Grievous doesn't really care about that too. He's like, I really just want you guys dead. I don't care how you die. I just want everybody dead. Yeah, he has a whole speech about it in this. And I literally wrote every word down. I was like, I know I can probably pull it up on the internet, but just in case. So he says, greetings, Jedi. It would seem once again, one of your order has lost his way. And even better, a leading member of your Jedi Council. Before I continue with the rest of this quote, in that moment, right after he says, a leading member of your Jedi Council, Yoda and Mace Windu look directly at each other. I don't know if they look worried. I don't know if they're just like, oh my god, again. Um, or what they're thinking. I feel definitely the whole, oh my god, again. Like, yeah. Ugh. I'm just like, is there a, like, we know why Yoda's in charge. Because Yoda is Yoda and he's 900 million years old. Um, but, like, why is Mace his second-hand man? You know what I'm saying? Because he kills people. He's awesome. I guess. He's like, I'm the one who's going to get your shit done. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm always just like, why is he so important? I love Samuel L. Jackson, so that's nothing about him. I'm just always like, They probably just forced his importance. There's nothing really. There's, no, there's really no reason other than he is Samuel L. Jackson. And then he said the only way he's going to continue it is if they put more into his character so i mean honestly it could just be down to that that's fair i did see the clip the other day i don't remember who shared it on instagram but there was a clip of um him saying um like what color lightsabers asking about color asking about lightsaber color and george goes well uh good guys are green and blue and the bad guys are red because that's just how it is and um he goes there's no there's no purple and then george goes there could be purple <laughs> And then you just, like, it zooms in on his face, and he's like, <laughs> so that was funny. Um, finishing his quote, he says, listen to me, Jedi. I do not care about your politics. I do not care about your republic. I only live to see you die. I mean, at least he's straightforward. I guess. <laughs> he's not like, you know, uh, Mr. Palpatine back there who's just 
Pulling strings. Yeah, not saying anything. I have a question for you as a mother of this podcast. Um, not of the podcast, but as a mother. Yeah, I say mother in the podcast. Yeah, mother in the podcast. Um, <laughs> to me, obviously, as an adult watching this, I wasn't really affected. I was just like, oh, oh, snap. You have a kid, so uh-huh. how did did Gabe react at all? Any different? I mean, he's a little boy, so I'm sure he was like, "Yeah," or something. But also at the same time, Gabe, to me, from my eyes, is like in tune with his emotions in uh-huh. a way that I think you've done very well in that he like tells you how he's feeling. Did that appeal to him? Scare him? Do anything at all? Did it even affect him at all when he saw that the first time? Uh, he was like, grief is bad. <laughs> he like literally was just like, he is not. He goes, mom, because he was like five and a half, mm-hmm. six at this point. He was like, he's a bad guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is. Yes. And still to this day, when he sees like Grievous on uh, Battlefront and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he's like, oh God, <laughs> runs away from him. He just, like, just takes off running. He's like, nope, we're not engaging. Oh, my God. Do not engage. Abort mission. Yeah, he will, like, run the other direction. He's like, nope. That's precious. I'm the same way. I do the same thing. I see him spider crawling at me, and I'm like, oh! People on the the stream are like, calm down. I'm like, no, he's gonna get me. No, he's deadly. Yeah, he's He's gonna get me, and he's getting me in spider crawl form, and that's scary. That's more terrifying. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, okay, so he does a little ending to his speech about how the endless suffering is going to be more painful for all of the Jedi. So if Eve Cuff suffers endlessly, everybody will be in pain. That's fair. I think that's pretty much true. Um, but the important section about this is that they um, go to the Seleucami system. Um, and not only are we going to talk about Seleucami as like a planet or system, But I also wanted to talk about the um, quote that goes after that from Yoda about how inaccurate the intelligence can be most of the time. (laughs) You're like, thanks, Yoda, for stating the obvious. And why can't we fix this? Yeah! But I mean, I think, okay, think about how large the galaxy is. I guess. So, I mean, by the time they okay, you're over here in this quadrant, and let me report it back to here, they could literally just, you know, light travel to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew what you meant. Okay, it was my, just really my funny. My pregnant brain cannot think words. <laughs> I was going to say light skipping, but that's not it either. <laughs> that's funny, though. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. I just, back like to what you said before, I'm like, somebody fix that. Hello. Yeah. Like, I do often forget that when we're in this era, that we're not already rebels. Yeah. Like, the right. rebels have them their wits about them in this aspect, while the uh-huh. Jedi are supposed to be protectors of the peace. And obviously, they're just, like, getting themselves into some trouble by just continuously saying, well, we're defending this planet. Well, we're defending this planet. And then now they're, like, in war. And... Uh-huh. It's just like, it keeps, it just keeps trickling down, you know, and it's, I get it because it's necessary in their eyes, but also like, 
if it's gonna keep escalating this much, why would you not? I don't know. Up your intelligence level, yeah. Fix it. Get yeah. your communication straight. And like, also that, like, how I know that Grievous isn't necessarily sensitive in the Force, but like, he's got to be given off some kind of energy. They feel people that aren't in the Force all the time. Right. So like. Right. That that was another thing. Is like, I was thinking about that. I was like, why do we not have more, like. I'll talk about this later on mm-hmm. for the episode 11. Mm-hmm. It really irks me. <laughs> but I'm just like, I mean, Anakin could feel Padme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why can't we, like, focus in on uh, Dooku? Or not Grievous. <laughs> Sorry, I was oh. reading that right here. It's like, don't, I don't want to be Dooku's air boy. Um, <laughs> But Funny. why can't you focus on Grievous and like feel him? Yeah, they can. You can feel people. Okay, it should have been their their another indication, not their only indication, that they were right. losing touch with the Force. Mm-hmm. They should have taken that more seriously. I just listened to this. Um, not that I don't want you guys to listen to us, but um, Force Center is one of my podcasts that I listen to every single day, basically. Um, so Ken and Joseph, the hosts of that show, were just talking about justice for the Jedi, and they literally talked about that. They talked about kind of it front and back as well, but like how they needed to kind of get their lives together. There were so many cues, and they kept recognizing the cues verbally, but not doing anything about it. And not that maybe even that we didn't even see it on screen. It was just literally like it kept getting worse and we kept seeing it get worse on screen. And that's how Order 66 happened. And that's how Darth Sidious rose. And that's how Vader was created. And yada, yada, yada. It just keeps going. And I looked it up. Um, hang on, go back. Go back, go back. What's his face? Um, oh my goodness, my brain. My poor, uh, poor little brain. That doesn't work. At all. Um, who was the guy we were just talking about? Uh, Ethan Hawk. Hawk. Mm-hmm. He did not die in 66. Okay. But he did duel Vader because he said, I do not have a Jedi allegiance. I am a father and a husband. But he did battle Vader. Oh, poor baby. And they took, Vader took his child <gasps> to try to, uh, uh, to groom him to be a Sith. No! Whatever happened to his kid? Do we know? It didn't, it didn't <gasps> say. It didn't of give me that. Of course not. <laughs> of course it right. didn't. But it didn't give me that. But I was like, ah! Somebody write an East Coast child's book. Right. Please. Um, before we move on to the Seleucami system, which is where they go to rescue Ethos, um, they also, so the way that they get there is Eth is like electrocuted and then falls over and starts giving hand signals, which I guess is a thing that they do. Well, it's just cool. like signing. Yeah. It was just so random because I was like, it's one of those things that, again, there's a reason we're here. I needed to rewatch these and pick up all these things that I missed the first time. This is one of those things. I literally. Didn't even know that this was a moment that they had. So it's like, he's like signing um, and tell, giving them hand signals. And he tells them they're in the leukemia system. But then he says, has this number, 080529. I didn't look it up or anything because I didn't really know how to look it up. But if anybody knows if that me- if that number has any significance. The reason that I even ask is because like things like 1138 will be on 
chips or doors or a reference or something at some point um, throughout Star Wars. And it's because of George creating THX 1138. Um, one of his other movies, I think it was. Movies. Um, so I was just kind of whenever there's random numbers that are more obvious than not, I will always like try and figure out if they mean anything. So if you guys know that, let us know what it means. Anyways, <laughs> um, back to Seleucami. Had you ever heard of it until now? No, I had not. And I'm reading about it right now as we're talking, but, um, no, I had not even heard of it, but it is so pretty. It is pretty. So if you guys. And I love the little cow creatures. Oh, there's cow creatures? Well, the ones that are kind of like elephants-ish, but they treat them kind of like cows. Oh, that's cute. I haven't looked. Um, All I have is the, I just have like the regular first part of the page pulled up. Seleucami was a dim, arid world in the Sulripe? Sulrip system? Sulrip? Reap? (laughs) The Outer Rim. Um, An economic powerhouse and major trading center in the Outer Rim. Politically powerful during the Great Galactic War and a strategically held world within the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Its name means Oasis. Ooh, I love that. It looks like an oasis. It's very pretty. It does, yes. You guys can literally just Google these things and Wikipedia will come up or a fandom page will come up, but I like reading them to you because they're fun. Um, and also, now you don't have to do that, so you're welcome. <laughs> Their uh, native flora is greater cake tree. Greater cake tree and a bubsy tree. What's a bubsy tree? Let's find out. And a towering bith. Towering bith? People? The bith people? No, it says native flora, towering bit. Oh, weird. Oh, the bubsy was a bulbous tree growing on Seleucami, and its roots were used for medicinal purposes. Oh my gosh. Segments from its root reached high prices from the aesthetics of the zealots of Susan, not Pasana. I almost read it as Pasana, not that. <laughs> Wrong thing. Rise of Skywalker on the brain. Okay, um, so we kind of went over Seleucami. They go there, yada, yada. Anyways. <laughs> I love how I run through episodes. Um, our three main. So <laughs> I really love this moment when they like they're like, okay, we need to do this thing, da da da. And then Obi Wan's like, I'll do it. And then Anakin's like, I'll do it. And then there's always like a third Jedi that's like, I'll do it. And <laughs> so it's like some it's random called. one that you have no idea who like yeah. they really are. They have no. You're like, and who are you? Yeah, and I'm like, now I need to know who you are. And it's always like another member of the council, but you're always like. I, uh, I know you're on the council, and that's it. That's all I got. Uh-huh. So this one is Adigalia. Do you know anything about Adigalia? Uh, other than the fact that she's quiet. She is. Uh, and she doesn't really say a lot. I mean, but she's, like, pretty cool because she had the, like, little gun that shot out and saved the three clone troopers and Obi-Wan. Ooh, Yeah. When they were fighting Grievous. Mm-hmm. I guess she's from Coruscant. Okay. And I love, that. I love that she's from there. I cannot pronounce her race. <coughs> Let's see. Solothian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I... And she's on a Jedi assault team. Ooh. I want to be on a Jedi assault team. That sounds great. Right? Cool. <laughs> um, also, excuse me. Keepers of the Peace, Jedi Assault Team, what are you doing? <laughs> Good <laughs> right. lord. Um, so, 
just from and for those of you that don't know, Adigalia is um I don't know even know how to describe her hair, quote unquote hair. It's it's like it's tentacles, like a, but not Yeah, the, I was gonna say they're kind of like yeah, it's like a jellyfish on her head. <gasps> yeah, jellyfish head. <laughs> With the tentacles hanging down like a little shoulder a little longer than shoulder length. Yeah. She's That's pretty. How I, would describe I love it. it. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. I totally go. I yeah. Yeah. She's tough. I like you said, she's really quiet. I never obviously really thought about her before. Right. Not in a bad way. I mean, just in general. We we are getting just, these episodes to learn about Masters on the Council. She's um, not Anakin that's like, hey, let me blow stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Permission to get in an X-Wing and blow things up. Um, she, to me, is one of those, like, I don't want to say underestimated because obviously she's on the Council, but... She's one of those people that, like, head down, do my job, and then I'm going to be needed, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to show everybody up. Um, but there's a part in this episode where they pull the, a Millennium Falcon maneuver where they attach to the ship quietly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's just like, if you were any closer, you'd be flying through the hallways. Well, he, he goes, and he, Anakin goes, is that close enough? And she goes, any closer, we'll be flying through highway, hallways. And that cracks I up. love that. I love the secret sass. It's amazing. She's amazing. Anyways. So, I just love highlighting these characters. I don't want to say new characters, but these characters that we don't get to learn a lot about normally. Right. Um, and then we get to the Dooku's errand boy quote. Do you have feelings about that? I think it's funny. Oh my god, I died. I literally was just like, yes, Obi-Wan, I know you are pissing him off, but you could die for that. Yeah, for real. Listen, Obi-Wan has... <laughs> Too many nemeses. <laughs> I know that he only has two. Outright. Right. But, like, two of the worst enemies to have, General Grievous and Darth Maul. Can you just, like, shut your mouth, Obi-Wan? <laughs> right. And he says Anakin's bad. Yeah. Literally, the sassiest Jedi of all time. Even when he's old. We knew, we knew that he was the sassiest Jedi of all time in A New Hope. Uh-huh. That's yeah. my new label for him. Obi-Wan Kenobi, sassiest Jedi of all time. I cannot Love. with him. Um, so yeah, he's sassing off as per usual. But one of the things that I started to question when I saw them interacting this time was Grievous's quote-unquote force training. Now, I'm pretty sure in Attack of the Clones... He says something about, like, Dooku has taught me your force ways, right? Something like that? Yeah, he says that, yeah. Okay. But... Do we know to what extent? Seeing if I can scan anything. Yeah, this one just says, although he was neither Jedi or Sith, nor even sensitive to the power of the force, Grievous was a skilled lightsaber duelist, having trained in the art of the lightsaber under Count Dooku. Okay, maybe he's, okay, he's not neither, he's neither Jedi nor Sith, Mm -hmm. but Dooku could have said, hey, this is usually what they do. This is how they do things. Probably taught him, like, a form. Right, and then, like, because when Anakin and they get on the bridge, that that droid on there was like, he said you were gonna do this. This is what he said you were gonna do. 
And Yikes. Anakin was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So Dooku, or uh, Grievous obviously knows and has studied how they react to things. So that could be what he's talking about. The Dooku has just said, this is what the Jedi do. This is how they do things consistently. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I really, because for me, I don't want him to have Force abilities, and maybe that's because I know him to have no Force abilities, but it really, like, got my curiosity running to be, like, what if he had? But it also, like, even speaks back to the rule of two, you know? Like, no more, no less, Dooku is technically the second. But, but... (laughs) I feel like, and I have not checked the timeline on this, so nobody yell at me, but when Palpatine had Maul, and Maul gets sliced in half, Dooku becomes the front-runner apprentice, but he must have, I mean, I'm pretty sure Dooku was already on the dark side, right, at that point, because he wasn't in the Jedi Order, and Qui-Gon was out running amok without a master, because he was now a master, so Dooku was already on the dark side, so they're technically was three of them at the same time. So technically, yes. Grievous could have been a Force user. I'm yeah. glad he wasn't, but he could have been. Yeah. <laughs> you hate it. You hate that idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, me too. I was just like, wow, he definitely had an option. But there's a lot of instabilities when it comes to their story plot or plot holes. That's the word I'm yes, looking for. There yes. are a lot of plot holes. Yes. Because nice. remember how we were talking about clones mm-hmm. and how clones are supposed to be consistently all the same. Uh-huh. Yet some of them have different hairstyles and they have different names. Yeah. And they're allowed to have personalities. And I was like, wait, this is not okay. <laughs> this is not the point. I love I love that they do have that, but yeah, I agree. I'm like, it's it's they started out with the purpose behind it, and then the Clone Wars expanded upon that, and that's one of my favorite parts of Clone Wars, is that in Attack of the Clones, we see all these clones acting the same, doing the same. We hear Commander Cody's name. We might hear Rex's... I don't know if we hear Rex's name in the live action. But then Clone Wars obviously gives us all of those personalities. But yeah, then it leaves us open to things like, oh, what if Grievous had Force powers? And then we all want to puke over that because I don't like that. Somebody out there might. Somebody out there Cybernetics can't have force powers. (laughs) Can they? (gasps) What if they can? Well, he doesn't have a brain. Oh my god. I'm flying down a black hole right now. (laughs) I have spoken. (laughs) That was uh, that like threw me into the galaxy okay um this is just a very small thing that i really really want to talk about well two small things first one being anakin always with the loophole says one more step or not he doesn't say it the droid says it one more step and you will your friend will die and then anakin's like all right yeah i was like yes yeah he's perfection anybody that you can fight me on i will fight you Listen, Anakin Skywalker is the best Jedi ever. Okay. All right. I'm I'm not wrong. No, you're not. Thank you. Exactly. Fight me. But don't. Don't really. Don't fight me. Be nice. Have a great adult discussion with me because that's what Star Wars needs. Okay. Other thing. 
Um, I guess I think it was Cody. So at this point, Anakin's fighting people. Obi Wan's fighting people. Grievous is running. Uh, um, ships are exploding. Ships are exploding. Star War. Um, Cody, Commander Cody, right? Captain Commander. Uh, shoots a thing at Grievous and starts to like reel him in with his with his like rope thing. And I lost my mind, and I don't really know why, but I feel like we're so used to seeing them with blasters and everything that I was just like, oh, oh my god, he's using other tools, he's gonna get him, he's got it, like, I was like, this is so exciting. He cast his line and he caught him. It was amazing. (laughs) Because you never see that, you only see them with blasters, so I love, like, watching them be, like, diverse in their So they're actually better with the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm that other tools yeah. blew my mind. Anyways, I don't really know why, but it did. Um, that was all in episode nine. <laughs> We're actually not even done with episode nine because they go to the planet. The planet. So Salukamai. Salukamai. Okay. And fill me in. Yeah, they go to Salukamai, and that's where uh, Rex gets shot. Oh <gasps> no! And so then his medic takes him to the um, or is that the end? Is it? Is that? I think that's the end 10? of episode nine, and then it goes into okay. episode ten. I was like, I remember they were in Salukabai, and he got yes. shot. You're not wrong. Also, no, right, in- interesting that Salukabai has uh uh, what is that species? <laughs> Like who? The god like who? Oh, Hera Sandula. Twilex. Twilex. I'm blanking. I'm leaving that in. I see the name like in my head. I'm leaving that in because I need everybody to know why I'm rewatching Clone Wars and that is why because I can't even remember something as simple as Twilex. Help me. Anybody. Anyways. (laughs) Enter. Episode 10. It is the quest for honor that makes one honorable. Give it to me, Summer. What's up with that? Mm, I mean, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. I it mean, really is. It's really hard to talk about some of these. Yeah, I'm like, eh, that's kind of right there. You know, if you're looking for honor, you're going to do honorable things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> I would hope so, you know. Um, so, again, like I want to start doing is how do we see this or when do we see this? Or what's your example of this in Star Wars? The quest for well, honor that makes one honorable. Um, so Han Solo. Okay. Uh, he's doing. He tries to do the right thing, and therefore gets honor for it. You know. That's fair. Yeah, he gets literal honor and internal honor, and he's he just becomes honorable. a great general. Yeah. Wow, love a Han Solo storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mess tonight. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's a really good example. I, I feel like my first example that comes to mind when I'm, like, not thinking of, like, our main live action people is Ezra, Uh because he is a lot of up and down. He's probably one of my least favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Please nobody come for me. (laughs) But... He does, he is on a quest for honor. Um, 
he wants to become a Jedi, but he struggles so much all the time. Um, uh-huh. In the best way. Like, he doesn't really, like, scare me to the point where I think he's going to actually turn. Uh-huh. Um, but it's definitely one of those moments where, like, if, and spoilers for the end of Rebels, but he eventually leaves. So, like, he leaves on a quest to become honorable. Yeah. All right, you can go. Thank you. I was yeah. like, oh, God, he's on my bladder. I gotta go pee. <laughs> you are good. Yes, no, of course, anytime. Uh, um, Nat, yesterday, I was like, hey, I have to pee. And he's like, all right, can you go ahead and run? Can you go ahead and run real quick? And I was like, imagine holding something up your arse while you're trying to run. It's like, it's basically how I feel. And it's like, no, I cannot run while I have to pee. <laughs> That's not an option. Like, I can waddle quickly. That's about it. Waddle. Especially some days when he sinks down real down. Real down low. It's like, oh. He sinks uh, what? He sinks down low. Oh. Because it's like kind of having something up your vagina and you have to like hold it. Ow. But it's like inadvertent. <laughs> you can't like not do it. I'm trying not to be graphic, but. That sounds this horrible. Morning, this morning I was leaking. From my boobs, it was great. I was like, what is this? It's like, all right, we got leakage. Thank you for answering, Christine. <laughs> I just saw that. I was like, I'm assuming this is what she means because we're not going to get charged for it, but if yeah. anybody ever leaves, we could get charged for it. Yeah, that's my thing. Is I'm like, I don't want somebody to not turn their stuff in and then me yeah. be the one getting charged, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Alright. Are you good? Do you want to take another bite before we keep going? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good. Okay. Um. Okay. Ezra, we are gonna yeah, 
Well, I finished with Ezra, so that, and that's why I said one moment, because I wanted to finish with Ezra's sentence. So we're going to go in with, um, so Rex is shot. He keeps going to, or he's going to a farm um, where he can rest and possibly get medical attention. So if you want to start by saying that, I'm going to come in with um, a quote that we hear. Um, okay. And then we will talk about that. Okay. <sighs> Okay. All right, whenever you're ready, go ahead. So, um, when they land on the planet, you kind of see that uh, Rex has gotten shot in the crossfire, and he's with two other clones, and uh, the clone, one of the, the medic clone mm -hmm. tells him that, hey, um, you need to get rest, and we're going to take, he notices that the little cow elephant creatures are tame, and he's like, well, there must be a farm, and in my head, I'm like, how does he know that they're just tame? I mean, they're <laughs> just staring at it. Maybe they've never seen a human before, but, you know, it's not right. So they go there, and the lady's like, ah, you're not going near my house, because mm -hmm. my husband's not here. It's a good call. And then... <laughs> They were just like, then she, she takes compassion on him because obviously they look they're, they look like her husband. Mm -hmm. But she didn't say it. Uh, her kids did. Yep. Um, so anyways, they go and they lay down and they like put that little patch on him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, I'm going. And he's like, the medic is like, actually, I outrank you because I am your medic. So yes. you lay your butt down. Yes. That is probably this, this whole episode. Um was making me really, like, think through Rex as a character, because I am so used to um, old Rex, because that's my most recent memory of him. Uh -huh. um, so I, while I was kind of half paying attention during this episode, um, I need to, I know, I need to go back and rewatch it again. Um, but it definitely made me start thinking about Rex as a character, and even Obi-Wan, and I don't know who was with Obi-Wan, probably Cody, maybe somebody else, said Rex is a smart man and Obi-Wan said yeah always thinking on his feet uh -huh. which I love because that's so true um but I love that <laughs> that's getting noticed you know um especially from like Obi-Wan who sometimes when I watch Star Wars I compartmentalize things so like I think of Obi-Wan as coat with Cody and then uh -huh. Anakin as with Rex as they kind of laid it out to be you know as they're like right hand men but I just love that, like, little side commentary so you know that, like, the characters are noticing other things about the other characters. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so, because of that, because we're thinking about Rex as a character, because I think we both like Rex relatively Yeah, well. I love him. Yeah. Um, what I would is have your... him on my army. Huh? I would have him on my army. Oh, yeah. Me too. Um, what is your... If you have a favorite Rex moment or a favorite Rex characteristic, what would that be? I like that he can, um, he thinks outside the box mm -hmm. and it's not always the obvious way of what could happen is how he sees it. Like, mm -hmm. um, when they had the one clone trooper who was feeding the information, mm -hmm. And I think it's oh, yeah. yeah, and he like, yeah, he was in there with the other commander, and he was like, he's up in the air vent, and you don't think about that. They're every, they're looking for him everywhere else, and but he like knew, mm -hmm. and then like here, yeah, he had to kind of 
at the end, he didn't, he had, he knew his honor was to turn in the deserter, Mm -hmm. but he knew that this man was given a choice. He, he took his free choice. He was left to die and he took his choice Mm -hmm. was to start a family. And Rex's choice is to have his family be the clone army. So, you know, I, I, you can't, you have to commend him for that. I mean, he's just very honorable in general, so. Absolutely. Wow, right back to our beginning quote. What a time. (laughs) Um, So, I agree with you on that. Um, My favorite moment, I think it's happened more than once, but I'm thinking mostly from Rebels moment. Um, Him and Ahsoka hugging makes me want to cry every single time I think about it. And happy tears but also sad tears because of why they hugged but like i love them and i love i love their relationship and their bond over anakin because what in the world are my, can you hear that i heard it oh my god i'm leaving that in there i need everybody to know i have rude upstairs neighbors anyways um apartment living oh my god yeah to be fair that's partially my fault for living here if i can avoid it i will never do that again that was worse <laughs> Um, so him and Ahsoka hugging because like even though he's not force sensitive like I feel like they're just close enough and they know how to talk about it to each other that they know something happened to Anakin that they can never fix you know uh-huh. even uh-huh. if it was his death like they both know it wasn't whatever happened to him wasn't good um, uh-huh. and then obviously we know that she finds out later anyways not a sad episode so we're moving on to my favorite characteristic about rex is that he never hesitates to call somebody out um whether that's good or bad he's always like great job horrible job you don't tell me what to do okay i'm sorry for not listening to you you know what i mean (laughs) like he's always very upfront about things like that and like he caves to his medic after a little bit of a snip but like he caves to his medic and um he listens to Cut, the farmer that we meet, that looks uh-huh. like him. Cool. Uh, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, I just love that about Rex. So I think that I just really wanted to celebrate him because, like you said, he is an honorable man. And he doesn't let his ego get in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, <clears throat> Anakin. <clears throat> Anyways, I love him, but I know his flaws. I see him. Um, okay, so, just small moment, um, well, two small moments, I would say, which I always kind of throw in there sometimes, but Grievous is obviously on Seleucami, but he's riding a reek. Listen, first of all, it took Summer and I quite a bit some time to find that. At least ten minutes, at least ten minutes. Because I've looked it up before, and I was like, I know what it's called, but I can't think of it, which again... Reasons I'm rewatching Clone Wars. But Arik is the same creature that Anakin Skywalker rode in Attack of the Clones on Geonosis um, in the arena. Um, but Arik is a stout brute with tough, leathery skin. Arik was one of three deadly creatures unleashed in the Geonosian execution arena. Um, surprisingly fast animal was directed by Picadors to attack Anakin Skywalker. Picadors are those, like, flying Geonosian thingies. <laughs> and, um... And their little, like, mounts that they rode. Um, but it basically, <laughs> I, I said, it's the thing that looks like the mud horn. And then Summer said, it only has, or it has three horns. 
Yes, it does not look like a mud horn. Mud horns look like cute, cuddly little things. These look like little, wrinkly, pockmarked roots that are scary. Oh my god. He's precious and I love him. But his, and his little one side, one horn that's not long enough. Shaved off or whatever. Yeah. Um, also, he makes the coolest sound. His, like, yell. And if I could play it, I would. But it's really cool. I love him. Anyways, that's very, like, not really noticeable unless you're really looking for it. Um, or really care to notice things in the background of this show. But I really was like, oh my god! Ah! I enjoy the fact that Grievous is writing. Literally. Anything. And all of his poor little... His little battle droids are dying all the way around. Him. They're, They're just like, falling. We need to recharge. And he's like, you're Batteries should be fine, and they're like, but my battery's dying. <laughs> and then they're just saying saying things as they're dying, and then he goes, "Oh no!" And he just falls over. Amazing. Yeah. That is top then, quality comedy, people. I and I love the battle droids just for their just for their like commentary. Yeah. Honestly, they, they grow on me every me. time. The the droids in general grow on me every time. Not Grievous. Don't care about him. Um, <laughs> he's not technically a full droid. Exactly. And Cyborg's out of the picture. Anyways. Um, like the... the What is it called? Commando droid? Yeah. yeah B2 yeah, yeah. ones? No, not B2. I don't know. The ones with the heads that are not shaped like oblong heads. <laughs> they're like, they're like they're round. Yeah. Um, those guys scare the living daylights out of me. But somehow, sometimes, they're always funny, including the moment where one is crawling. I'm pretty sure that was in episode nine, but it was so funny because he was literally just like crawling he, he, like, to get Obi-Wan. Yeah, that one too. And then he's like, oh no. He was like, oh crap. That was the best. And they were playing keep away with his arm. That was amazing. Yeah, he was hilarious. So I love that. And my other small moment actually was Jesse. I didn't know the clone's name was Jesse. I don't know why I never noticed that before, but Obi-Wan's like, Obi like, Jesse, what's your 20 or whatever he says to him? And he's just like, I'm almost there. And then he's like, okay. And I'm like, Jesse, the clone? I'm just so used to them being like Rex and Fives and Echo, like these very random weird names. Jesse was not cut. Jesse was not the name that I was really expecting to come out of his mouth. Again, small things, but happy things. These are the important parts of Clone Wars, people. My roommate asked me, what episodes do I need to watch to get the gist of Clone Wars? And I said, well, there's probably a list on the internet, but you should just watch them all. And that's why. For clones named Jesse. That's it. End of story. Do you have anything else to say about episode 10? We could talk, we could talk about Cut and his family. I love the fact that the kids are out playing. Okay, first of all, it's nighttime. And it he's like, yeah, nighttime. go outside. And he's like, just stay inside of the farm. I'm like, what kids ask to go out at night to go play? It was very kind of like the whole, um, it's not aliens, but what movie with the cornfield and swing away and children of the, the corn? water. Huh? Children of the corn? No. no. No, 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 no. Uh, um, it's one where the water hurt the aliens, and it has Joaquin Phoenix in it. Oh, I don't know. 
The only Joaquin Phoenix movie I've seen is Joker. (laughs) Haven't seen that one. But anyway, yeah, so, like, they're going out and playing in their cornfield, and there's a big, giant escape pod, of course. It's great. You know, it's perfect. this morning. Let's go look at it. Yeah. I'm like, really? And then when the little sister hit the button and they all look at her, she's like, he goes, I didn't do it. (laughs) You know that's so accurate, though. Oh, yeah, I like it is totally accurate, but I was just like, oh, God. And then the, when the droids started coming, I was like, no, but it was very like an aliens type movie. Just oh, yeah. That whole scenario. And then when he sends him upstairs, I'm like, yes, let's send them upstairs to where they can't defend themselves if you get killed or whatever. And yeah, so I just. But I'm so glad they came through for each other, and then it all worked out, and that everybody survived, because I could not deal with the fact that anybody got hurt. Just little ones. Yeah, that's fair. The, well, to be honest, I mean, and you definitely have it from a mother perspective, because my mind was just not there, but it is funny. Um, because I definitely would do the same thing. I'd be, like, walking into somewhere that I'm not supposed to be, and then I'd be like... Uh-oh. And I wouldn't be the one to break any rules outside of, like, going with my friends, you know? But, uh-huh. Oh, man. When they started running, I'm gonna be honest with you, like, I was kind of, again, like, I was kind of putting my mind in a kid's mindset, and I was like, that's kind of scary. Like, it's really funny to me now, but, like, as a kid, I would have been like, oh, my God, oh, ah, they're gonna die! You know? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's totally terrifying. And then from a parent's perspective, to hear them screaming like that, you're like, Oh, damn, there's something wrong. Yeah, for real, honestly. Um, so they, Cut has to defend his house, um, and he asks Rex to be the last line of defense because Rex is obviously under the weather. Yeah, that's very sad. That hurts my whole heart. Um, but does Cut survive? Of course he does. Exactly. It's the best part. <laughs> So, like, it makes you really nervous um, because he's saying something like that to Rex. And then... And he gets his leg caught. And you're like, oh, oh, God. He's, he's done for. Yep. He's done for. He's yep. done. It's just going to get worse from here. We can't go up. We're all going to die. Everything's horrible. And then, lo and behold, it's Star Wars. So, the good win. <laughs> this time. For now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> they win the small battle. Um... But really, I mean, happy ending to episode 10. Um, and then we are going to include episode 11 in this podcast because um, it's not a part of an arc, neither here nor there. So it's just another extra, like, here it is in the middle. Um, but it is a pretty, I don't want to call it important, but, like, I would say it's significant to Ahsoka's story. Yeah. Even though yes. it's a small Ahsoka adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do you know the quote from this one? Because I don't. It says, easy isn't always simple. Ah, uh, ooh. I sounded like the Grinch. Ooh. Ah, that's it, I'm not good. Um, <laughs> I have nothing to wear. Yeah. <laughs> well, what will I wear? <laughs> oh my god, okay. This is not a Grinch podcast, but it could be. Focus! I know. Um, we're in February. We have three more months, and then we can start talking about Christmas. Okay, but we're also only two months from Christmas, technically. Backwards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody listening. I'm sorry. 
Um, so basically, doing the easy thing yeah. isn't always simple. Yeah. And it's so true in that life. My heart. That, yeah, I'm literally just like, oh, there's so many times that it's, yes, it's the easy thing to do, but it's so not simple to do. Yeah. Yeah, just because it's, it's the easy way out doesn't mean it's a simple thing to do either. No, because a lot of times it can roundabout way end up being way more difficult. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's just going to tumble down on you if you take the easy way out. Um, to kind of summarize the episode, I'm going to try and not read directly. I do want to talk about a few things, though. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. Ahsoka um, is with Anakin in the slums of Coruscant. Um, they're searching for a character named Karafa. So the way that we're going to kind of do this portion of the episode is by this one. It's by character. Um, so I guess Karafa is the way that I say that. Karafa, maybe? Yeah, Karafa. That sounds about right. Okay. Um, so we're going to just kind of stop by and check in with each character as we go along. So Karafa... Um, <coughs> excuse me again, is a male weakway arms dealer, active on the planet Coruscant during the Cold Wars. Um, he sold Republic arms to Separatists and then was arrested by Anakin, um, and Ahsoka, but, and was brought to the Jedi Temple by the Jedi, oh, it says by the Jedi, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he... So, if you don't know what a weak way is, I'm pretty sure it's the same as Hondo's species. Am I right? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, oh my god, I lost my train of thought. I just looked it up. Yes, it is. Hondo. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, I was losing my train of thought because I was trying to describe the slums of Coruscant. So, for those of you that haven't ever seen the slums of Coruscant, we don't see them very often. We typically end up seeing them with Ahsoka involved. Um, so I think this is the first time we ever see them, really, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so, like, what? What's up? But, I mean, it's kind of just what you would think the slums would be. It's the lower part of the world that yeah. the under... I mean, it's where the huts would be. It's where all the... Just, it's not clean. Yep. It's grody. It's where all the clubs are. It smells. It kind of reminds me of, um, oh God, it's going to kill me if I can't remember the name of this, but the Bruce Willis movie, Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Fifth Element. You know how like they show the, like, the dirty underworld? That's yeah. what it is like. It is very much like that. Yeah. No, that's, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm either coughing or burping. It's not a great combination. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's really just um, when I think of, and this is your movie, the movie that you named is probably more relevant to more people, but the um, movie Valerian. Yes, 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 yes. I was thinking of that. That's what I was trying to describe when I was thinking yeah. of it. And I was like, I don't know how to say that without saying the movie name. But yeah, it reminded me of Valerian a lot, but like, Lyran was very, like, bright and colorful while also being gloomy and creepy. But this so is just, this is just yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, she was pouting. Because, <laughs> basically, usual. Anakin told her to stay. Yeah. He was like, just guard the exit. Which, like, at this point in Ahsoka's life, we're used to her pouting. But, here's where I was kind of, like, 
Anakin, you can't be doing this to people. Um, because <laughs> Obi-Wan took Anakin into a bar to get somebody bad at one point. Do we remember Sam Wessel? Hello. So I always wonder, because we remember those events, you know, and a, they supposedly should, you know what I mean? Like, he should remember that he also went raging into a bar to look for somebody at one point. But instead, he asks Ahsoka to wait outside. So, I feel like part of this is his fault. (laughs) It is not his fault. She literally was outside pouting. If she would have been paying attention and scanning the crowd like she was supposed to, she would have noticed the little fish guy. I hate the little fish guy. Her, her prized possession, her as what Anakin calls her life. Her life, yeah, oh yeah, because this weapon is your life, Anakin. He heard it a million times. He has to pass it on, which I don't blame him for. He really should. Um, he said the fish guy. So perfect little segue into our patrolian. That's what he's called. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Highly it's intelligent. Like petroleum jelly. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> he does look like it, just in fish form. Oh my God! A Pisces amphibious sentient species. That's so many descriptive like words. Pisces and like, how do I make it? Yeah, Piscean amphibious sentient species, native to the aquatic planet Petrolia. Uh, gills and fins on their heads, able to live both underwater and capable of breathing air and living on land. Wow, what skills! Um. They're extremely resourceful and often worked as bounty hunters. Um, which, lo and behold, whoop, there he is. Um, his name is Banamu, which just sounds like Banamine. That's just my horse brain. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, Banamine? <laughs> I know. Banamu, a male patrolling pickpocket living on the planet Coruscant. Um, he did take her lightsaber and then sold it to Trandoshan knack movers. Um... And we'll get to the, like, how she gets it back in a minute. Um, because I want to talk about the Knack Movers. Like I said, the characters are kind of bringing us along in this little journey. Um, the Knack Movers are creepy, okay? Trandoshans are already, like, cool to me. They're very, like, slinky and creepy and cool. But the <laughs> if you look up Knack Movers on fandom, it's so creepy, that picture. Um... He was a male Trandoshan, um, and he bought the lightsaber off of Banamu, and I want to say, is this where his girlfriend dies? Somebody yeah. dies. No, 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 the, the, the bad, the actual, the, like, the, so the fish guy is the low-level guy. He sold it to the mid-level guy, who the, no, no, he sold it to the medium-level guy. Who was a scary crime boss? Okay. Who was like a froggy hut kind of thing going on? Uh-huh. And it's his girlfriend. See, I don't know if it was his girlfriend's girlfriend or his girlfriend's friend. Like her handmaiden or something. Or her yeah, best friend. killed him to get the to get the um lightsaber. I almost said slicey sword. Slicey sword. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wow, that's a that's a summary of our lives. It's a summer. Uh, get it? Oh my god, we're a mess. Um, 
okay yeah it's like just a whole train of like who are we gonna kill today you know what i'm saying yeah like who who has the lightsaber and then they just kill the wrong person anyways anyways so i own marcy i own marcy that's, that's a, his girlfriend oh okay 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 i do i'm it's coming back to me <laughs> And she's the one whose eyeballs, like, she doesn't blink going up and down. They're like this. Side to side, yeah. I was like, mm. A nictitating membrane. Kind of. Yes. Um, For those of you that don't know what a nictitating membrane is, it is something that reptiles and other animal species may have as a second eyelid. It's gross. Um, It's cool, but it's gross. Functional, but gross. (laughs) Um... So another character that we meet kind of in the middle of all of that journey is somebody that Ahsoka finds. Um, so she, like, asks Anakin if she can go to the library, and she meets Tara Sinub. Um, I love him. He's, he's so cool. so funny, and he reminds me of Ducky. <laughs> and I don't know why. It's just his, like, mouth shape. Ducky from right, Long like, Limb Four not- Times. But he's, like, pretty happy going on, too. He's, like, always he is. positive. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a happy old guy. Um, happens to be an expert on the Coruscant crime world, according to Joe Costa. Um, he is a Kosian Jedi Master who lived during the Galactic Republic, obviously, and was on the council sometime before the invasion of Naboo. He's pretty great. Basic summary. <laughs> Yeah, he is pretty cool. And he's constantly telling Ahsoka to slow down. Yeah. To slow down and to think about their actions, which I feel like is something that Anakin and her both have, like, the impulse of just, let me do it. Yeah. And then they, and I feel like even Obi-Wan might have told him to slow down a little bit and to just breathe and to think about what you're going to do. It's, yeah, for me it's so nice to see, um... A different character telling her that, you know, uh-huh. like because we do we do see them go go go. Also, often we see different members of the council involved in their things, and like um, she's gotten lessons from Luminara and lessons from Obi Wan and lessons from Yoda. And I think that just somebody that's like not active in the war, it's so nice to see that and to see like it's not just people in the moment with you telling you to slow down there's other people out here who are living slow and doing great uh-huh. you gotta like and i love when she gets on the speeder with him and they're like literally that. just going she's like we're gonna get run over but i'm jumping ahead of myself because my so she so they go to the apartment and um uh, is like oh she's you know the Marcy, I feel so bad for her. And he asks her, like, what happened? And she's like, well, these men came in and attacked us, or attacked me. And she's like, I'm so scared. And so he's, like, comforting her. And here's where, like, I feel maybe Ahsoka's not. She needs to, like, really work on this. He goes, I feel she's afraid, but there's something else. Ahsoka, use your flipping feelings mm-hmm. and feel for other life forms. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm just going to go into the other rooms and see what I can find. Yep. Stop using your eyeballs and <laughs> use your feelings. Search your feelings. And just, like, she kind of has to, yeah. And then when the, Ooh, sorry. whatever her thing is, uh, the Cassie Cr- 
Cryer? Casilda? Caslida? Oh, Casilda Cryer, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. She, like, reminds me of a freaky droid kind of thing going on. But, uh, she whacks her on the head and then she, like, oh shit, you're a Jedi. Okay, we leave. Yeah. And then she, like, jumps out the window and Ahsoka's like, I got this! And she just also jumps out the window. <laughs> right, and I'm like, okay. Big Ahsoka energy. Big Anakin energy. Yeah, yeah, definitely big Anakin energy. And then uh, Sanub is like, hmm, I'm going to put a tracking beacon on her because I don't feel like it's right. I'm actually using my Jedi powers and feeling for things. He's amazing. We love Tara yeah. Sanub. Yes. And then, like, I love the fact that she jumps on this, like, billboard and it's Palpatine's face it's amazing. <laughs> she's like just hanging on to his face and I'm just like, these oh are the God. little things people enjoy them it's hilarious it's amazing yes. it's worth it I was dying I was laughing my butt off and my husband was like it's not that funny I'm like actually it's, I kind of is it's I pretty like, funny <laughs> I feel like the whole reason we're in this situation the whole war because of this man right here is hanging off of his face yep exactly yeah. it's a um why can't she just force pull her backwards i'm gonna be honest with you i feel like that's a really good question but at the like i also feel like i have an answer to it simply because with where ahsoka is in her training and where her mind is when she's in situations like this you know like where she's like in the middle of a chase like she's just not there yet you know what i mean she pulls that pipe down yeah, but I think it's different when it's a person and it's a moving object. Does that make sense? Like it's and I I'm making excuses for her. Why? Okay, so let's circle back to the very beginning. She saw the fishy guy with her lightsaber. Why couldn't she just recall it back to her? A moment of silence for Ahsoka's mistake. I don't know. Um, I feel like again. Like, this, not disgruntled, that's not the word I'm thinking of. Disheveled? No. <laughs> Taken aback. She's just so, she's just so upset. In yeah, she's just like, oh my god. thinking straightly. Yeah, yes, exactly. I was like, there's so many words in my head to describe this. Um, yeah, I feel like it's that. Because I'm gonna be honest, there have been moments in my life where I've been like, oh no, and then I've been like, oh, I could have done that better. <laughs> you know? so many days like that. Yeah. Yeah, or like I do with something the hard way, and then I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I overthink this? It was very simple. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, in the end, Ahsoka gets her lightsaber back, yes? Yes. All right. I mean, because Sanu saves her butt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? She's never going to learn if people don't stop saving her butt. <laughs> She was never going to get her lightsaber back at this point. Yeah. Now, theory question. What do you think would have happened if she hadn't gotten her lightsaber back? She would have had to have told Anakin. Yeah, but then would she make a new one? Would she deserve Anakin, a new one? I think, I th no, but I think Anakin would just go get it back for her. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and they couldn't make this an arc because that would be a stupid arc. <laughs> uh -huh. You can't just make uh, getting our lightsaber back an arc. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, Daddy will have to go save me, and it's a whole damsel in distress thing now. Yeah, not worth. Um, But still a really fun story, and like we said, like, still very relevant to Ahsoka as a character. Yeah. Her growth as a Padawan. Yeah, and honestly, now she's seen the underwonder skirts of Coruscant, and not only is that really cool for us to see, but I feel like it's relevant to her future without any spoilers hello um do you have any final thoughts on the grievous arc or lightsaber lost i like the little cow creatures <laughs> end of story period that's it yeah no and grievous is just so interesting he really is i like, i oh go ahead no no you're good I didn't really have a like a great appreciation for him before Clone Wars, to be honest. Right. Like, yeah, I and going back cool. and like reading all this, I was like, "Wow, you really just don't care about like whose Anyone. side is whom. You just want to eradicate the <clears throat> Jedi." Which now I kind of want to go in and go, "Why does he just want to eradicate them?" Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, like, yeah, he just has, like, such a major hatred for them, and, which for me, now if I get too in my head about it, I'll get, like, a little annoyed, maybe, probably not, because I'm a ridiculously positive Star Wars fan, but, like, that was Darth Maul's whole shtick, you know, like, he just wanted the Jedi over and done with. He's a big revenge guy, so, like, he also then later kind of moves to revenge for a lot of different things, but I feel like that's another big, a major portion to his personality, um, and I feel like they gave that to Grievous, but we don't really know why, right? Yeah. And he starts to collect lightsabers. Do we know whose lightsabers he has? Uh, I did, um, have it pulled up. Hang on, I'm... I'm sure people, like, listening are like, oh, my God, he has this one. Hello? Yes, and I saw there's there are four different ones. And right. they were named, I, like, I looked at it last night and was like, I am never going to remember this because Cheyenne's going to ask me this. And I'm going to be like, I have no idea because okay. I can't even remember. I was just going to call it Slicey Sticks, so. Slicey Sticks. Listen. Change.org petition to instead of laser sword or lightsaber, we call them slicey sticks. <laughs> no, I like lightsabers. It's just my brain. I like slicey sticks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, if you guys know the names of the Jedi that Grievous has their lightsabers, drop them in the comments. Tell us on Instagram, tell us on Twitter. Um, but thank you so much for listening. You can find me at Jerica on Instagram, at Jerica 95 on Twitter. You can follow the main channel at Kessel Run Weekly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or visit our website, KesselRunWeekly.com, for um, we have book reviews by Grace. We have Twitch streams every Wednesday. And all of our podcast episodes can be found there or anywhere you get your podcasts. Summer, do you want to tell them where they can find you? Contact Cheyenne. <laughs> I love that. That should just be your like. I don't even know my handle. I don't. I I just like things. It's okay. I love that. I, that's what we. You know, there's a whole audience of that. Okay, people that just want to like stuff. Okay. It's I'm pretty fine. sure it's my name, Summerlin1121. I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> but I, 
but, but it's fine. fine. Just, yeah, yes, so feel free to reach out to me if you need to get a hold of Summer. If she said something great, if she said Slicey Sticks, and you were like, I need to tell her that Slicey Sticks is amazing, you can contact me and say, Slicey Sticks is amazing. Also, for a person with a lisp, that's really hard to say multiple times in a row. So I'm going to say. Slicey Sticks, Slicey Sticks, Yeah, yeah, you don't even have a lisp, okay? Oh my gosh. Thank you all so much for listening, and may the force be with you. Always. Thank you.